the top players and legends to the very best analysts around the world from wherever the beautiful game is played. This is BTP. Now, we're talking football. Yes, hello folks, welcome to special edition of Beyond the Pledge. I'm joined here with my co-host Callum, of course, and of course, delighted to be joined here with the magnificent Mally Holland, a fantastic football player, and of course, a national icon, national treasure, national legend where I come from. Uh, fantastic Mally Holland here to talk to us about some of the games that we've seen. Uh, of course, Liverpool winning the league, what lies ahead. So f- let me welcome Mally to the show. Mally, uh, thanks for joining us, mate. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure, mate. Uh, Liverpool win the league. Uh, we just had Roy Evans on. We were talking to him. 30-year hiatus. The, the, the monkey's off the back. It's difficult for me to say as he's an United fan. Um, but I have to commend Klopp. I have to commend the way Liverpool have won this title. They've been superb. Raised the league to another standard. Done something that I didn't think could be done and that was catch Manchester City. Man City looked so far ahead in previous seasons. Klopp deserves huge credit for how he's done this. Um, what's your take on their league title win, Mike? Thoroughly deserved. I mean, they've been the best team by a country mile. Um, I, I was in agreement with you, actually, because I thought that City would win it again. At the start of the season, when you make your tips and you, you make your predictions, uh, I thought City were the team to catch. What they, they've struggled with City is the defence. You know, that, that's where their biggest problems have lied. You know, they've scored more goals than Liverpool. Um, so going forward isn't a problem for them. But defensively, they've not been at it this year. Whereas Liverpool have played at such an intensity that no one else has been able to cope with that. Yeah. Defensively, very strong. Gomez and Van Dijk at centre-back. The two full-backs are outstanding. Uh, they've got energy and, and um, running ability in the middle of the pitch. And then up front, they've got three players who have stayed fit, which is most important because you look beyond the front three, and that might be a concern for Klopp going forward. Um, but they've stayed fit and they combine brilliantly and they've been the best team by a country mile. So congratulations to them. Totally agree with you, Matty. I think Liverpool have set very high standards this season. They've still got so many records that they could achieve as well and I'm sure they'll be they'll be going all out to, 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 to break those records. But the question I've got for you now, opposite end of the spectrum, your former club Bournemouth. I personally am very concerned for Bournemouth, especially if they go down because of the size of their stadium, etc. When it comes to revenue, just how concerned are you for the club at this moment in time also? Yeah, I'm concerned as well. I must admit, when when the uh, the break came and the people, again, you're making your predictions, I thought that they might have enough points to be safe or, or, or get enough points to be safe simply because they've got goal scorers in the team. Mm-hmm. But they've come back and it's not been good from them. Um, they've been they've been really disappointing. Um, obviously, Ryan Fraser's not playing and, and won't play again this season. David Brooks is back, which is a bonus. Um, but I thought I thought there's goals in that side, so I thought they would be okay, and I thought they'd get enough points. But now I'm I'm looking really concerned because um, both ends of the pitch have been a problem for them. Money, I want to ask you about Guardiola because as exceptional a club has been, I don't think this is where City thought they would be four years into Guardiola's reign, and. He's going to be. It's going to find it difficult to buy this summer. You've got the injury to Aguero. You're quite right in in in, in pointing out that the defence has been poor. You've got big money signings that haven't worked out. Mendy was is being poor for them. With the the the, the Lumen um, FFP issue, uh, this is a two things. First of all, how does City recover? And does Guardiola start to look at this and think maybe it's time I move on? I think that will be interesting. Uh, obviously, the Champions League is the holy grail 
for City and for, for Pep Guardiola at Man City. Um, he's trying to win the Champions League and they've got a great opportunity of doing that still this season. So their focus hasn't really, I don't think, been on the league for quite some time. You know, I think the fact is that Liverpool have had this title sewn up for such a long time now that City have had their priorities elsewhere. You know, they've got the FA Cup to look forward to this weekend. They've got the Champions League to look forward to as well. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think that the, the, there is question marks over where they go from here. Sane looks like he might be on his way at, at the end of the season as well. Um, there was talk today about Koulibaly um, being a, a target for them and they might spend big money on him. That would be a, a good signing. Aguero's coming towards the end. And then there is question marks because if they are banned from the Champions League as well, about one or two players who might then yeah. feel as though they might want to move on. You know, there's been talk about De Bruyne saying he, he wouldn't want to be two years out of the Champions League. So that's a, a big problem for them as well. If they're not in the Champions League next season, then Pep might well consider his future. Staying on the, the topic of the Champions League, um, you look at Leicester at the moment, they've been through a, an interesting patch of form since, since football's returned, whether... United and Chelsea can catch them, we don't quite know, but you've got Leicester, you've got Chelsea, you've got United, really battling out for two places in that top four, realistically. Who do you think gets in and who misses out? I think you can put Wolves in that as well. I think yeah, Wolves are in Wolves, Wolves, yeah, sorry. I think Wolves are in the race because you know I've been so impressed with them. Um, when you can bring Traore off the bench for the last 20-25 minutes, you know, it gives defenders nightmares. So they're, they're in it. Um, Leicester are having a funny old spell. They can't get service to Jamie Vardy. Uh, Madison's not been at his best, and and uh, you know they've they've struggled for form, so they'll be looking over their shoulder now. I thought again that they would have enough points that the, the gap was big enough for them to, to stay in the top four. All of a sudden, Chelsea are only a point behind them, and Man United and Wolves are hot on the heels. Um, I think Man United. I still think Man United are going to get in the top four. The way the, the fixtures have gone for yeah. them, the, the fact they've got, you know they've got Pogba back. Um, Bruno Fernandes I think has been sensational since he arrived they, everyone's fit and, and I just think that United are going to get enough points to get in there I, I thought Chelsea might struggle but now obviously that result last night against City was a massive one for them it could be Leicester that, that slip out I think Chelsea and United might do it I agree with you and I think we need the fixtures are, are kind United in that sense but I want to also talk about Frank Lampard because Frank Lampard got the job. Some people felt because Chelsea couldn't buy, he was more or less a stopgap until they, they, they could buy. But I think he's earned the right to keep that job, in my opinion. I think he's done a good job. I thought he was excellent last night in the high coach against Guardiola. Um, how would you rate Frank Lampard's first season at Chelsea? Yeah, I think it's been good as well because he's... You're right, I mean, he, he, did, he couldn't sign players. Um, but what he did was pin his faith in some of the younger ones and he's given them opportunities. And... They've also got Werner and ZH coming yeah. in the summer as well. So next next year, you know, all of a sudden they'll be looking looking pretty strong. I still think defensively, you know, they're not they're not great at the back, particularly centre back and left backs. You know, Alonso, I like him; he's good going forward, but you, you can get at him. Mares gave him an awful lot of trouble last night. So defensively, there's still question marks over them. Um, but going forward, I think next year will be will be very good. Tactically, I thought he got it spot on because Chelsea, predominantly this season, have dominated the ball. And against City, you don't. No one dominates the ball against City. And he, mm -hmm. he was quite happy, to, quite happy to sit in and counter-attack with the pace that he's got in the team. So he got it right tactically last night against City. Um, I, I agree with you. I think he, he deserves a bit of a run at it. And with the signings coming in the summer, I think there'll be ones to look, look at next year. 
One of the things that really interests me about the, the Premier League at the moment is the North London clubs, because normally you've got Arsenal having the bragging rights over Tottenham by being in the top four, being a Champions League team. Then Tottenham sort of under Pochettino reversed that and they had the bragging rights. But at the moment, neither side looks in a particularly strong way. Towards the end of this season, is it just a case of them are trying to get some momentum ahead of the summer uh, window? I know it's going to be slightly prolonged because I think both teams need massive surgery to compete again. Yeah, I mean, Arsenal, I think, are, are a mess, if I'm honest. I mean, they're, not, they're just not good enough. Simple as that. Um, all over the pitch, they're not good enough. And, uh, you know, uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang hasn't signed a contract. Don't know whether he's going to stay at the football club either. I think if they've got any ambition of getting back towards the top, then they need to keep him. But that that doesn't look likely. Uh, so I, I I think Arsenal look as that as though they're a long way away from it, and I don't think they've got loads of money to spend either. I'm not sure how much Tottenham have got to spend either because of the new stadium. You know, they, it's a, that might be a, a problem for them. It might be a case of them having to sell to to bring players in. Now that won't suit Mourinho too much. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he he's often making noises about you know. Even the other night, I think he, he made two subs, and you know, oh, well, we didn't, you know, we didn't have enough against Man United. And he, oh, we didn't have enough off the bench. We didn't have this. We didn't have that. Well, you know, last last time I, w- I, w- I went to the game against West Ham, he had six out and out attacking players, three on the pitch and three on the bench, and all of a sudden it looked a bit stronger. But again, they've got problems at the back. You know, Vertonghen and Alderweireld. I'm not sure if they're that. Certainly not for the long term. Anyway, Vertonghen will probably go. Alderweireld may stay a year, but. Um, he's not for the long term. So I think they've got problems at the back as well. But neither of them, I don't think, have got that much money to spend. So they look as though there's a big gap now for them to try and get into the top four. When I look at Arsenal, the one of the things that perplexes me, I look at someone like Leicester, I look at someone like Wolves, they haven't spent fortunes, Mary, but they're teams that are competitive. I mean, I know it's Wolves obviously spent money in the Championship, they brought a number of Portuguese players, but they've bought well. Arsenal have spent money in, in areas. They've spent a lot of money on Nicholas Pepe. Um, spent money on other players. But it, it almost reminds me of a Newcastle team in that they tied up the squad with one or two decent players and the rest just aren't up to it. Why are Arsenal in this mess? Yeah, and I, well, yeah, you, you talked there about Pepe. You mentioned him and the signing of him. He's not a bad player, don't get me mm. wrong. But it wasn't where they needed to spend money. Yeah. That wasn't that wasn't where they needed to spend seventy million pound. They need to go and get a centre half at, at mm-hmm. fifty and or two cent. You might have been, should have got two centre halves for that, rather than going spending it on Pepe. You know, they, it's it's been mismanaged from from top to bottom. Um, I, I don't know when you, when you look at the game against Southampton the other night. I know they won the game, but but look at the the team that he's selected. I mean, I mean Mustafi. I don't think it's good enough. Holding. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not a big fan of Bellerin at right back defensively either. Xhaka centre midfield. I, I, I mean, I just I look through the team and I, I just don't think they're strong enough. And I, when he spent 70 million on Pepe, I was amazed because yeah. although he is a, although he's a good player, that the money needed spending elsewhere. And the other thing we are still that is a big concern is <clears throat> David Luiz. I mean, he was ridiculed when he performed against Manchester City. Lots of criticism came his way from fans and pundits alike. Yeah, he's just been rewarded with a new contract. And for me, if I was an Arsenal fan, that would worry me. What do you think about that? Because it doesn't seem like a decision that makes sense. Well, I think there's a few people scratching their heads at some of the decisions. And um, no, I, I, I didn't get it either. I mean, I didn't get it, them signing him. You know, you think Gary Cahill on a free transfer a couple of years ago, he'd have been a much better signing than, than David Luiz for £8 million. It's much more 
stable, much more consistent than David Luiz defensively, who will always give you a chance. You know, I mentioned it, Aubameyang being an issue. Mesut Ozil. The thing of Mesut Ozil, he, you know, he hasn't even played since since yeah. um, since the uh, the lockdown. He's, he's been on the bench, can't get in the team. He's a top paid player there, and there must be one or two players in that dressing room thinking, "Hang on a minute, how, how's he getting as much as he's getting, and not even you know, not even getting in the game?" And, and you know, we're we're in the team trying things. You know, we're we're not anywhere near his money. So there's there's so many issues around the club that, as I say, I think they are a, a fair few years away from from challenging again. Money, uh, this obviously won't be hurting Manchester United, at least you would hope it would be. Uh, and I would hope that the people at the football club will respond accordingly this summer. Although they shouldn't get caught up in the emotion, they should stay focused on their, uh, their plans no matter what has happened. What do you think United must do this summer to even be in contention next season? Well, I, I mean, last year, obviously... He went big on his defence. He went with Wan-Bissaka and Maguire, and that has improved. You know, whatever way you look at it, they've been better defensively this year. Um, I, I, all right, David De Gea has made one or two mistakes, and, and that'd be something he, you know he'll try and iron out. But defensively, they've been much better. With Pogba and Fernandez in the team, they look as though they've got that creativity in the middle of the, middle of the pitch. I think they've got enough. In, in the holding midfield role with, with McTominay, Fred, Matic, whoever it might be, to play in that position. You know, basically to shield the back forward and give the ball to Fernandes and Pogba. And then I think you're talking about the top of the pitch, really. You know, centre forward. I know Martial's got 18 goals, but if 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 a Harry Kane came available, surely, you know, United would, would be in for him. There's been talk about Sancho. Right side of, of the front, I think, is somewhere that, that needs to be... Um, to be better, and Dan James has, has done great this year. You know, started off well. All right, he's faded away a little bit. I don't think United probably expected him to play as much as he has done yeah. this season. They probably saw him as a bit of a you know a backup player, really. Um, I, I love Greenwood. I think Greenwood's going to be a, a top player. You know, he can go left, he can go right. He, he, his eyes eye for goal. Everyone's raving about him. I think he's going to be great. Um, Rashford as well. But I just think if they could get a centre forward and, and maybe a right sided forward then all of a sudden United are looking good. Absolutely. And before we let you go, Matty, I want to talk to you about a couple of your former clubs, Charlton and Ipswich, both outside the Premier League now struggling. And Charlton in particular, one thing that's fascinated me for years is Alan Kirbishley. He His track record is very good. He was really good at Charlton for a sustained period. Did a decent job at West Ham, but has never really been in football since. Why do you think that is and what was he like to work with? But it's funny actually. I was only I was only with him uh, what last week. I was working in the Premier League studios actually. Um, he was in great form. I think he's he's just didn't need the pressure of of managing yeah. anymore. I think if if the right job had come at the right time, then he probably would have gone in again. Um, but I just don't think he needs needs the pressure of of management. He, you know, he was talking about going on a holiday and you know, and he was pretty relaxed. He didn't didn't have a worry in the world. So. I think the pressure of managing is is so intense that he just didn't need it again. And since he's left, obviously it has gone sour. Um, they've been down even to to the League One and, and back now in the Championship and under under Lee Bowyer, who I thought thinks done a good job really with his hands tied and with all the issues off the field as well. It's all about survival this year for Charlton. Try and stay in the Championship. Just just keep yourself in in that league. Uh, I hope the off field problems can sort themselves. Um, and Ipswich, it, well, crikey! I mean, League One. It, yeah. If you just if you just said to me when I joined Ipswich in '97 from Bournemouth, 
that Bournemouth would be in the Premier League and it should yeah. be in League One, I'd have, I'd have just laughed. I'd have said yeah. absolutely no chance. And and that's exactly where they are. So there's a there's a long way back for them. And um, uh, you know, hope well poor poor enough season this year really because I expected them to be at least in the playoffs and that and that hasn't materialised. But next year is a big year and and, and they've got to get, get themselves back up. Money, before you go, I want to ask you quickly about Ireland and Mick McCarthy, of course, back. Uh, what's the future of Irish football look like and uh, how do you think Mick will do? Well, well, well obviously, um, well, Mick's gone, hasn't he? I mean, Mick, Mick I think, is, is, is obviously a great manager. Um, loved him in my time. At, at, uh, oh, I Jesus, was actually, I totally forgot they didn't keep him on. I'm sorry, after John Dominion yeah. left. Jesus Christ, my, my amnesia is gone. Jesus <laughs> oh, my God, I totally forgot that they let him go. He didn't keep his contract on. Oh, yes, of course, Mick is gone. Um, what's the future of Irish football look like? I need to edit that out. I'm totally embarrassed. <laughs> edit, edit that out. Edit that out. Well, country metal slaughter me for Jesus Christ. Go uh, ahead. Sorry. No, I mean, look, with Mick, Mick now gone, um, I, Stephen Kenny's taken charge and yeah. he's, he's, um, he's brought his own people in. Um, obviously, Keith Andrews, who's, who's been around the group, knows the players, Damien Duff as well. You know, there's players there that um, who've been around it, know what it's all about. I think there will be a slight change in style. I think he'll look to try and play more. I think, you know, he'll look to try and pass the ball a bit more. Um, but ultimately, the biggest problem has been scoring goals since Robbie retired, you know, and, and mm-hmm. they don't grow on trees centre forwards who put the ball in the back of the net. And not, certainly not ones as good as Robbie Keane. Um, so if we can find goal scorers, then, you know, I think we'll be okay. Um, but I'm a bit, I, I, I love Mick. I mean, Mick's, yeah. you know, when I was there and he was, you know, Great guy, great manager, and um, it won't be long, I'm sure, before he's back in a job as well. Just quickly, Troy Parrott, how highly do you rate him? Yeah, I mean, what I've seen, I like. He's obviously injured at the moment. I think he's had his appendix out, so he's yeah. he's um, he's obviously a bit away from from getting to fitness. But but again, what I've seen, he, he, look, he knows where the back of the net is. He's got a few young ones actually, either at Norwich and Connolly at Brighton. You know, there's a few younger yeah. ones who you hope can. Have a, have a, you know, I don't know. Have a bit of a run at it and, and start getting a few goals, bit of confidence, and you never know what what might happen. So, Parrot's one of those who knows he knows where the back of the net is young, from what I've seen. Yeah, young so, Obafemi as well. Hopefully as well, it can happen. Yeah, good shout. Yeah, okay, Manny. Thanks very much, mate. And uh, my apologies for that last question. I better edit that out. Or I'll never be able to go home. <laughs> 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 Thank you so much. See ya. Thank uh, you. Cheers, Manny. Bye. Good to see you guys. Bye-bye. Cheers, mate. Bye.